really wanna know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into another edition of the Country Roads webcast, brought to you by Trio 4 Productions. We are the official podcast of Almost Heaven Athletics, found on the web at almostheavenathletics.com. Here today to bring you our first in-season episode, and it is a special one, as it is our 2019 edition of the Season Prediction Roundtable. We will be talking all things Mountaineers going through the entire season schedule and breaking it down game by game, whether we think it is a win or a loss. I'll be joined momentarily by Bradley and Steven, two members of the Almost Heaven Athletics team, as we will go through this season prediction roundtable show. But before we get into that and season predictions for this upcoming season in the beginning of the Neil Brown era, let's talk about the latest Mountaineer football news. Okay, so a few things to cover in this week's edition of Mountaineer Football News. To kick things off, West Virginia received a commitment from a 6'4", 215-pound tight end for the class of 2020 in Charles Finley, a three-star player out of Wayne, New Jersey. Additionally, West Virginia quarterback transfer from Bowling Green, Jared Dagey, was deemed immediately eligible uh, this week by the NCAA, although Coach Neil Brown states that the plan is still for Dagey to redshirt this season. Additionally, following along, still talking about quarterbacks, Austin Kendall was named the starting quarterback for the West Virginia Mountaineers, heading into the season opener against James Madison in less than two weeks. So the Mountaineers do have a starting quarterback now in Austin Kendall. And then most recently coming down, following a couple things of positive news, is some negative news as linebacker Vandarius Cowan has been suspended for the first four games of the season due to an eligibility issue, um, according to the NCAA. So he will be out for the team's first four games this season before making his Mountaineer debut after transferring from Alabama last season. So that pretty much wraps up the Mountaineer football news. And with no further ado, it's that time. It's prediction time. Let's get into it. Let's talk Mountaineer football predictions, the 2019 season prediction roundtable here on the Country Roads webcast as I am joined by Bradley and Steven to discuss the upcoming Mountaineer football season and our predictions for it. All right, so it's that time, Mountaineer Nation. We are here for the season prediction roundtable. Joining me are a couple members of the Almost Having Athletics team. We have Bradley. Yep, how's it going? And we have Steven. How's it going, man? It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, it's, been a it's been a good it's while, guys. Yeah, Bradley, welcome to the show. Um, we're hoping to have Justin on as well throughout the season. He couldn't make it onto the season prediction roundtable tonight due to uh, work and some other things. But uh, life happens. Life happens. Exactly. Hopefully, going to have a, a full team though, three or four of us every week for you guys. And we're going to kick things off with our first show of the season, the season prediction roundtable. We're going to go through West Virginia's schedule game by game, each decide whether we think it'll be a win or a loss, and come up with our record total at the end of that. And then as well as following that, talk about some things with the players, uh, some Big 12 predictions and stuff like that. So we've got a real fun show for you guys here tonight. Uh, you guys ready to get into it, boys? Yep, I'm always ready. 
All right, so let's kick it off. First game of the season, 10 days away, August 31st on Saturday. West Virginia takes on the James Madison Dukes at home. James Madison returns 19 starters, 9 on offense, 10 on defense. Head coach is Kurt Signetti in his first year this season. Last year they went 9-4 and four and 6-2 and two in their conference and made the FCS playoff for the fifth straight season. All right, gentlemen, who wants to kick us off? Well, I'll let you go ahead on this um, All right, so JMU is a really good team. I think this is a, I think this is a good opener. I will say, being in Morgantown right now, the, the atmosphere is definitely bumping. So I expect I think the I think the whole atmosphere is definitely going to be there for that game. Um, I think we're going to be working on some kinks, but overall, I think we're going to I think we're going to win this game against we're going to win this game win this game against JMU. I, I just uh, don't. I, I think it's going to be a good win too. Really oh yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a win. I think uh, you know, as good as James Madison is, as good as the head coaches, uh, you know, their head coach is the former is the son of the former Mountaineer coach Franks, and yep, yep. it's interesting. Uh, That's true. But you know, as talented as they are, I think West Virginia comes into this game bumping because of Neil Brown, new culture, and everything. And I think that uh, I think we win this game as well. Yep. Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. I got this one as a win as well. I think that it's going to be closer than the average game against the FCS team. I think James Madison's a tough FCS opponent. I think that, you know, the one advantage West Virginia does have on them is that they also have a first-year head coach coming in. And from what I've heard, that he's going to try and establish the run. They're going to try and be a run-heavy team. And I feel like that's what West Virginia's strength will be is stopping the run. So they should be able to beat this James Madison team. I think, I think a lot of people are thinking this has upset potential, and I could see why. But I think West Virginia can win this one by two scores or more. It'll make it an even better win, I'm telling you. I agree. Yeah, um, I think it'll be a good win. I, I, even if we win a 17-14, I think we just get out of there with a win. Uh, get Neil Brown a first, you know, his first win under his belt. Do not take the you know, first FCS loss West Virginia's ever had because we never lost an FCS call before. That's true. Never. That's yeah, true. So Hopefully, though. So we all think the trend will continue. West Virginia remains undefeated against FCS. We all have West Virginia at 1-0 going into the second game of the season, which will be Saturday, September 7th, on the road to face the Missouri Tigers. They return 13 starters, 7 on offense, 6 on defense. Head coach Barry Odom entering his fourth season, 8-5 and 4-4 and and last year. Got a lot of those players back and added a new piece in Clemson transfer. Kelly Bryant, who will be lining up at quarterback for them. Um, what are you guys thinking here, win or a loss? Steven, why don't you take this one first? Uh, I, I think it's a loss for us, man. I think we go up there, and uh, I think we lose by two scores or more. I think Kelly Bryant's got a huge chip on his shoulder going into, uh, going into Missouri, leaving Clemson because you know, he won the national championship. He felt like the job was taken from him. Uh, I think he felt a lot of disrespect out of that, so I think he's going to play uh, lights out in the first and pretty much the whole season. I think they're they've got too much talent for us. We're just too thin, too young. I got I I agree with you right there, Stephen. I actually have this one as a loss myself as well. I think West Virginia can compete with Missouri, but I think, um, like you said, Kelly Bryant going in there, I think he's only lost two games as a starter, something like 16-2 and two as a starter. And he just adds another dimension to their offense, which is already uh, pretty prolific with uh, Drew Locke, and they have that really good tight end back. They have a pretty solid offense, and I think it'll just be too much for West Virginia to keep up with because they're still going to be ironing out You know, some of those kinks, got a lot of inexperienced guys early. So I think their offense will just outplay West Virginia too much, and they'll get a, a win there down at Missouri. Uh, what about you, Bradley? Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. So I think I'm going to 
I'm going to look forward to it. I want to see how they handle it. You know what I mean? I'm trying to see. I I think it's going to be a loss, but I want to see if they're able to take this gut punch, if they're able to keep in it, you know, keep fighting, or if we're going to see some, like, really, you know, rusty stuff that needs to be hammered out in practice, you know? So I'm just trying to see how they handle it. If this is going to be a big loss, I'd like to see how they handle, like, a veteran quarterback, you know, slinging the ball around. No, I agree. I think you're just going to want to want to see improvement, you know. Um, you know, even if they're out, if they get down, they stay in there, keep fighting. You know, it's their first road game. Going to be a lot of these guys' first road game, so it's going to be tough. Yep. All right. So moving on, we'll go ahead and talk about game three, and that's Saturday, September fourteenth, against NC State in Morgantown. You know, last year they were supposed to play, didn't get to. This year maybe doesn't have the star power, but there are definitely still storylines. NC State returns 11 starters, four on offense, seven on defense. Head coach Dave Doran in his seventh season. Last year they went 9-4 and four and 5-3 and three in the ACC. And, of course, to add fuel to the fire, co-defensive coordinator is none other than Tony Gibson. What are you guys seeing here in this game? Uh, I, I think we win this game. I think, you know, as young as we are and as thin as we are, uh, you line it up, NC State's even younger. So uh, I think coming back home, I think that uh, I think that'll get the guys going. You know, coming off a loss, it'll have a lot of guys wanting to prove themselves. I think so. I think we come back home and we win that game. Yeah, I think definitely so. Because I think this is a game that a lot of people missed out on last year. And I think it's going to have just as much hype this year. Because, I mean, if you look at last year's team, like, they were basically a, a, a phantom of our team. Really great quarterback, strong wide receivers. You know, a lot of people look forward to this game. So, I do think we win at home. I don't think we lose this one at home. Uh, not going to happen. But I think it's a chance for uh, maybe Austin Kendall to really show his arm, you know, against a, a good opponent that's, you know, a, a great school, you know. We can really see some some – there. Absolutely, I agree. Solid program NC State has. Um, I think last year's ma- uh, matchup had a little bit more hype to it, but not getting to play that Definitely. will have this one uh, very hype in Morgantown. Oh yeah. yeah, you lose a lot of the star power, but I think that the two teams are a- eager to play each other because you know e- after last season, either one can say we to beat y'all or you know vice versa. So I think just the matchups probably still highly anticipated still yet. And, um, it's definitely a game you could go through and get your money's worth out of it. Absolutely, absolutely. But I, I agree with yeah, you guys. Well. I think it's I think it's going to be a win for for the Mountaineers. I think that you know they may suffer, take those lumps in that second game, like we all predict, predicted they would lose to Missouri. But you know, coming back home to Morgantown, that's a great way to get back going. And you know, hopefully, you see a lot of improvement from game two to game three. Usually, with teams that are inexperienced, you see a lot of improvement within those first three games. So hopefully, by this time, it starts clicking for them, starts seeing steady improvement, and they get the win versus NC State. Does that put them at two and one? We got them at two and yeah, one. Yeah, I think everybody's uh, two and one That's right two now. Two and one. Yeah, yep. all matching up two and one. All right, and then next game they go back on the road Saturday, September twenty first, taking on the Kansas Jayhawks. Kansas returns ten starters, five on offense, five on defense. Les Miles stepping in there to be the head coach in his first season. Last year, three and nine, one and eight. Um, you know, Kansas kind of put a little bit of a scare into the Mountaineers last year, a little bit closer than people expected. West Virginia going on the road to Kansas. Uh, you guys think Les Miles is going to pull off some magic here, maybe upset the Mountaineers? Uh, this game does scare me. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah, it, it scares me a little bit, too. I'm, I'm, I like Les Miles. I, I don't want to disrespect I like Puka Williams. Puka Williams like and Les Miles, exactly. Yeah, Puka getting eligible is a, a big deal. That kid led the Big 12 in all-purpose yards last year. Like, he is going to be a sophomore under Les Miles. They're going to put the ball in his hands every single play. That's that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. With Les Miles oh, taking over, I think you can see 30 carries a game for Puka Williams, possibly. Oh, 
that's going to be the lifeblood, no doubt. I would put us on the fence on this one. I could see us winning it, but I do have us losing this game. I think I think Les Miles comes out. I think he shows up big time. And uh, I think it's a bit of a, a check, you know, when NC State feel good and then a little little bit of a gut punch there. Uh, I actually I actually have a swing in this game. I, I, really? think, I think that if you're Neil Brown and you come into your first season at WVU, you don't lose to Kansas. As, I mean, as good as they may be this year, they may win six games. They, they, if at anything, they'll be just as good as West Virginia. They, they won't be better than us, I don't believe. Not in, not in his first season, anyway. You know, next yep. year, maybe then maybe in two years, you know, maybe. Because Les Miles will have his, you know, his recruiting classes. He'll get That's going to be an exciting year. It's going to be a fun year to watch. Right. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But I actually think we win this game. Uh, I'm hoping we get, win this game. This is one of the more important games on, on in my point of view of this season. Yeah, uh, you, you want to kick off Big 12 play with the win, for sure. Definitely. You definitely yeah. Um, I'm, this next game. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Now, I'm on the fence on this Kansas game, too. I think, uh, you know, it does definitely have the makings of a trap game, like you were saying, Bradley. But um, I think I'm going to give the Mountaineers the edge in this one. I think it'll be close. But uh, I think that West Virginia can beat Kansas. I think, you know, as I said earlier, I feel like West Virginia's strength is going to be stopping the run. Kansas's main weapon is going to be the run game. So I think West Virginia should have enough to get enough stops and then uh, score enough points on their own by then in the fourth game to get the win. So, I'll give them the win as well. Have West Virginia at three and one, one and zero. Oh. So does Stephen and Bradley at two and two, zero oh and one in Big Twelve right now. Yeah. Then the next game, the one that I'm sure is going to be highly anticipated in Morgantown. That place is going to be rocking after what happened last year. Horns down on October fifth, Saturday against the Texas Longhorns. Now Texas surprisingly. I think a lot of people are overlooking the stat. They return only eight starters, five on offense and three on defense. Head coach still Tom Herman in his third season, 10-4, and 7-2 last year. Um, what are you guys thinking about this one in Morgantown against Texas this season? Well, I'll let you take it, Stephen. Uh, all right, man. Uh, so, um, like you said, Jordan, I think, uh, I think it's, you know, one of the more hyped-up games on our schedule. Uh, I don't think anyone who truly follows, any WVU fan who truly follows football, expenses to win this game. I got us losing the game. Uh, I think it's going to be fun to watch. But, you know, even though, even if they're only returning nine starters, they're, they're going to be a powerhouse this year. I've actually got Texas winning the Big 12 uh, over Oklahoma. So. Wow. Yeah, man. Bull, bull prediction. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going for it, man. I don't. I'm not, I hate to say it, but um, I like them, man. I, I really like what Sam Elligan does. Texas, Sam Elligan Texas does. is going to be good. Yeah, man, I like uh, L.J. Humphrey. I like I like the lineup. Man. I, like, I like how they uh, how they're looking. Well, that's uh, okay, Bradley. What do you think? Well, you know what? I live. I feel like I live my world in a, a little bit of ebb and flow. You know what I mean? You can look right. at the pen to paper. You can look at the statistics. But I think we're coming off a of bye week. Like I said, I think we lose to Kansas. We're coming off a of bye week. I think Neil Brown has his team and. Like prime position, I think he's going to like really hammer them hard, and he's going to have them ready for when Texas walks in here. He's going to have the students rocking. I mean, this atmosphere is just going to be popping. Um, I think our defensive linemen show out, put pressure on Sam Ellinger. I think we win a close one. Just Ooh. you know, uh, I, I'm feeling it. We might lose a, some games we should win later on in the season, but I think we win that one. Okay, I'm I still think that Texas goes on to like maybe not lose a game for the rest of the season. 
But they're going to have one slip up, and I feel like we can make that happen. I like that. I like the prediction. But, see, I'm on the opposite. I hope it happens, brother. I oh, I, I'm right there. But, see, I'm kind of thinking the opposite of you guys because um, I know you guys think Texas is going to have a big season, but I'm thinking that it's just the Texas is going to be overhyped again. You know, I, oh, I, I, I'm on the I'm on that. I don't think they're back. I'm just going to say I don't think Texas is back yet. I think that they're <laughs> – I think I think the thing is, Sam Ellinger does a lot for that offense. But without if something happens to Sam Ellinger, they're going to be in a tough spot. And I think they need to develop a run game to kind of take some of the pressure off Sam Ellinger, where he doesn't have to run as much. And then as far as returning only three starters on defense, they have a lot of talent, talented freshmen, but it's unproven talent. So I'm not just quite sold on Texas yet. But um, even though having said that, I think in this game, I think revenge factor is going to be big for Texas uh, coming in after what West Virginia. Did Especially last year. for those two big, you know, those two big star players they got, they got, you know, their two best players returning this year, so that's going to be a huge factor. Yeah, that's we're that's what I'm saying. We're also getting Cowan back that Texas game, and I look forward to him being a big presence this year. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's yeah. This yeah, would be the fifth game, so this yeah, he would uh, be there. Yeah. from Alabama. He's out of the year. He's ready to go. Oh yeah, yeah. they've been talking about him. He's secret uh, on the outside. Whew. Upset about his uh, his suspension. Yeah, I was yeah. I was upset to hear very, that. Very upset. Uh, reportedly suspended. Yep, yeah. suspended for eligibility issues is what they're calling it. Something from the come down from the NCAA. But um, excited to see him as well. I think he's going to be a big body, hard hitter. Something which he doesn't usually have at linebacker is that prototypical size that he has. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what he can do. But uh, I got West Virginia taking the loss in this game to Texas as well, though, having said that. I just think that uh, revenge factor will be big for Texas, and I think their offense will be a little bit more than West Virginia can handle uh, down the stretch. So I got West Virginia taking the loss. And we're all sitting at 3-2, and 1-1 one and one in the conference right now. Got there in a little bit different ways, but all still sitting at the same record right now. Heading into the Iowa State game Saturday, October 12th. Iowa State returned 16 starters from last year's squad, eight on offense, eight on defense. Head coach Matt Campbell entering his fourth season. They went eight and five and six and three last year. I'll kick this one off, fellas, and um, I'm gonna say West Virginia, like revenge factor was high for Texas coming into Morgantown. I think that the same thing is going to be uh, the revenge factor for West Virginia when Iowa State comes into Morgantown. And I think West Virginia, this is the shocker. You know, I feel like they're going to pull at least one shocker on the season under Neil Brown. And to me, this is going to be it. I think they're going to upset Iowa State and Matt Campbell and Brock Purdy move to 4-2 and two overall and 2-1 and one in the conference. I like it. I like that, man. I think – you know, I, I think Iowa State, you know, lo- losing David Montgomery and losing um, uh, the big receiver, Hakeem Butler, I think that's going to that's gonna hurt them a little bit on offense, you know. It's definitely losing a lot. Those are two. And, they're, and they're, not, they're not sneaking up on anyone anymore. Everyone knows that Iowa State can be a contender in the league. So I think that they kind of lose that factor of being able to sneak up yeah, on a team. Yeah, too long ago, they were a basement dweller in the Big 12. They've definitely built up real quick. Exactly, right. yeah. Well, I don't think they snuck up on us last year. I think we knew what we were getting ourselves into. I think yeah. – I think it was all in preparation. I think that's what what really killed us in that game. I don't think our guys prepared very well that week. I think Dana talked about that leading up to that game, and I mean, it really we we were jet lagged. No, I, I agree. I agree with that as well, hundred percent. You know, I think that uh, I think Matt Campbell's done a great job there at Iowa State. You know, they were 
you know, it wasn't too long ago we were talking Big 12 every year. You were talking Kansas and Iowa State down at the bottom. And now, past couple of years, Iowa State's, you know, 7-8 win team. And, you know, there could be that or more this year, you know, just depending on how things fall. Every now and then, knocking out some big teams. I mean, that win against us was a huge win. That was – some people may overlook that. But that was a big win. You know, we were really oh, yeah. good. Oh, absolutely. Well, I've, seen, I've seen messages on message boards that say that that was the biggest win in program history. Well, oh, I, yeah. I could, I could definitely uh, see it for them. Yeah, you know, something like us beating, I feel like, Baylor a few years ago. Maybe not that good of a team, but, you know, just one of those high-quality wins. I feel like that was a staple for us. Oh, it was a very, very, very important win for them. Absolutely. I actually think we're going to lose this game. I think we, we have our high at Texas, and then I think we get an immediate swing back and we lose to Iowa State at home. I think it's a rough one, and I think we just, you know, West Virginia seems to shine at the brightest moments and then fell immediately afterwards. So I'm feeling, you know, a good old Mountaineer moment there, and I'll take that loss at home. I understand that completely. Uh, I understand that. That's that's true. Very true of uh, of Mountaineer football history, right but there. That, but that next one, though. Oh yeah, that's that's the big one. Yeah, I, I agree with Bradley on the Iowa State game. I got that one as a loss for us again. I think we take two in a row. Uh, I think Iowa State's gonna be very, very good this year. I think they were good last year. Uh, I I just don't see us winning that game. I hate to put us the two losses at home straight, but. Yeah, I think it's going to be a I could see it. It's going to be a tough game. I just feel like, you know, I think West Virginia is going to pull one of this. This little stretch West Virginia has right here is, you know, they go Texas, Iowa State, then on the road, Oklahoma, Baylor. That's a tough four-game stretch. But I feel like they're going to upset one of those uh, teams. And to me, I just picked Iowa State. It's at home. They're probably wanting their revenge from last year. So, I went with that, but that puts me at four and two overall, two and one in the conference. Stephen and Bradley both having the Mountaineers at three and three and one and two in the conference. Heading into the big game at Oklahoma on Saturday, October nineteenth. You know what? The one team West Virginia has yet to unseat in the Big Twelve. They will return twelve starters, four on offense, eight on defense. Head coach Lincoln Riley entering his third season. All he's done is have two Heisman winners and be in the college football playoffs his first two years. And they were 12 and 2, 8 and 1 in the conference last year. All right, boys. Um, West Virginia finally going to beat Oklahoma in 2019. What's the verdict? Easiest win of the season. <laughs> 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 no, we're not. We're not winning this one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I would take it if somebody handed it to me. I would think I was dreaming, but you know, I just don't think we walk into Norman and win this one. Not this year. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, it's coming though. It's brewing. But I, I, I do think. You know, as many losses that I have for the Mountaineers this year, I do think that we don't get blown out in any of those games. I think that we keep them competitive. I think that we, you know, even if Absolutely. that does mean within two touchdowns, you know, I don't, I don't think losing to Oklahoma by two touchdowns in Norman is a blowout. You know what I mean? We, we right. suffered way worse losses to those guys in, you know, in the time we spent in the Big 12. So I, I think you go out there, you're competitive in Norman. That's a win in my mind for WVU. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this comes back around to what I was saying against Missouri. You know, I want to see how these guys react. You know what I mean? I think Neil Brown isn't just, you know, trying to play a better brand of football. He's trying to build a better, you know, mentality too, you know? So I want to see if he has them ready, you know? If we get to see our backups come in, you know, at the end of the game, fourth quarter, you know, are they playing? Are they taking this serious? Are they taking those reps, like, reps serious? You know, I want to see – I want to see if he still has a market even though if we're not in a game. Oh, yeah. Perfect I, I, opportunity for Jay Deggie, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. He's you know? those quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, he can play it up to four games. They still want to redshirt him, you know, put him in and, and mob up duty, and, you know, four, four games, you know, see what he's got, you know, give you a little bit of vision can, of the future. 
they said we could be playing up to four freshmen at the uh, in the secondary on the defense. You know what I mean? Like we got to still get the plays. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Like, whew. and it, it, that's and that's tough. Not even red shirts. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's yeah. tough in, in the Big Twelve. You know, playing those guys at defensive back. But then you think about you know two three years from now, we could be looking back saying you know remember this guy was played as a freshman. Now now look what he's doing. You know, because I feel like um, under Neil Brown, that's what I'm looking for this season. You know, in the proverbial rebuilding season, is that does the team have fight? Do they? You know, like Steven said, do they, are they going to keep these games close when they get down? Are they going to fight back in it? I think those are the kind of things that you look for in, in this, you know, first year, this rebuilding year that West Virginia is going through as they try and trust the climb, as they're saying. I expect it. I feel like they're all bought in. All right. I'll, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So uh, on to Baylor. Thursday, October 31st, Halloween matchup against the Baylor Bears on the road. <laughs> Also, Pat McAfee's going to be calling this game. Um, returning starters for Baylor, 15, 8 on offense, 7 on defense. Head coach Matt Rule entering his third season. Overperformed last year in his second season as they went 7-6, and 4-5 and five in conference. And Matt Rule's talking like Baylor could be a Big 12 title contender this year, in his opinion. Uh, do you guys agree with him? Are they too good and they beat West Virginia? Get a little revenge from West Virginia pummeling last year? What do you guys think? Short answer, yes. They're they're too good. I think Matt Rule is. Uh, I think he's right in the fact when he says that they're contenders for it this year. I've got him as one of my dark horses. Uh, you know, oh. One eleven in his first year. What he win seven games last year. Yeah, seven games with a yeah, depleted so, roster. You know, they're gonna be they're gonna be tough to beat, man. Especially down there, brother. I, I, I got this as another loss. I, I hate to say that we're gonna lose four in a row. I think it happened. Though. I think the youth and. And everything that factors in on this team, you know, the only thing we have on offense right now is a run game. It's the only thing definitive that we have. You know, pending Sean Ryan's eligibility, which I don't, I don't think it's going to happen if they're waiting this long to announce it. It's, that's that's the bad thing. It's, it's, it's getting close. Which is kind of dumb because he's got a very good case. Right, and, and, I, and I, I thought that he – Exactly, I, I thought that I he bet. would be eligible and, and Daigie would not. And now that Daigie's eligible yeah. – and Ryan's not. I just, I just don't know what's going on with NCAA uh, there. And the interesting, Jared Dickey's application didn't go in until after Sean Ryan's application. So, you know what? It's what the, is the NCAA doing? The NCAA is so inconsistent. Brain. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Gotta, just got to buckle up and move on, I guess. You know what? I'll do that. Yeah, but, yeah, I, uh, keep going. But I also think that we lose this game at Baylor. I don't. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be Halloween night down there in Waco. They're gonna be excited, you know. I feel like there's still like a little bit of bad taste in the mouth from the Baylor game, um, even though I mean that was years ago. But you know, you, you remember one of those losses. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think we lose this one. I think we still struggle with our away games. Uh, I don't think we get our virtual away game win here. Yeah, I still think it, I, I still think we pull out against this good Baylor team. I agree with you guys. I got it as a loss for the Mountaineers as well. I think. Uh, Baylor, like Steven said, they could be a dark horse in this conference. Um, you know, you could see this team get nine, ten wins this season. Matt Rule in his third season at Temple managed ten wins, so could do the same at Baylor. And I think that down there on the road in Waco is always a tough place to play. I think Charlie Brewers are a very underrated quarterback in the league, and I think Baylor will come out with the win in that one. So I have West Virginia at four and four, two and three in the conference. Stephen and Bradley both at three and five overall, and one and four in the Big Twelve. On to Texas Tech, which West Virginia will play on Saturday, November 9th in Morgantown. 
Texas Tech returns 13 starters, 7 on offense, 6 on defense. Head coach Matt Wells also in his first season. They're coming off a of 5 and 7 and 3 and 6 year. So Neil Brown facing off against another first year head coach in the conference. Um, what do you guys think the outcome is this time? I don't I don't think Neil Brown lets us lose four in a row. I think he's I think he's got a I don't think he's he's not going to let that happen. A home game late in the season three lose like we just got through the tough part of our schedule I look for our season to start picking up around here you know what I mean I think Texas Tech should be a good home win we, I, I just don't see us losing this one I don't think no problem lets it happen well I, I already have them losing four in a row with the Texas game all the way through Baylor but I do have them winning this game I, I've got them coming home uh, getting back on track I think like you said Neil Brown uh, although they're losing four games I don't think they'll let them lose five games I don't think they'll yeah. He'll let them get to that point of the season. I don't think Texas Tech is going to be have that much firepower to go against us, especially at home. Uh, I think if we stay somewhat healthy, we we win this game. I, I agree with you guys. Uh, make it three what yeah. wins in this one. Uh, Texas Tech, you know, also first year head coach. Matt Wells, and uh, that's one thing I'm kind of looking for and kind of thinking uh, has a good chance of happening is Neil Brown at least going undefeated against the other first-year head coaches in the league. There are three yeah. others other than him. It's a, big, it's a big battle for you know the future of the Big 12 right there. Absolutely, and I think that he could do it starting, of course, Les Miles beating him, and then now I think he will take down Matt Wells. Matt Wells has been uh, talking about installing fullbacks and tight ends into a new-look Texas Tech offense, and I think with the personnel they have, they may be trying to put a square peg in the round hole if he doesn't adapt that a little bit. So I think that West Virginia can get the win here against Texas Tech, which for me puts them at 5-4, and 3-3 three and three in the conference, and Bradley and Steven both at 4-5 and five overall and 2-4 and four in the Big 12. And then the Mountaineers in their next game will travel to Kansas State, face the Kansas State Wildcats on Saturday, November 16th. 15 returning starters, 7 on offense, 8 on defense. Another one of those first-year head coaches in Chris Kleiman coming over from the powerful FCS school, North Dakota State. And Kansas State was also 5-7, and 3-6 and six on the year last year. Um, what do you guys think here? Neil Brown gets another first-year head coach. Does he get another win? If there was ever a team in recent years to challenge Kansas for the worst team in the Big 12, Kansas State this year is going to be that team. I can see it. I think West Virginia wins this game. I think we win easily. I think this is going to be a statement win uh, for uh, Neil Brown. I don't. I don't think that Kansas State is going to be anything that we should be scared of this year. Yeah, I agree. I don't think Kansas State's going to put up. I think it's going to be a good solid win first. I think it's going to be Neil Brown's first away win um, in Big Twelve. Actually, I think it's my first. I think this is his first away win in my. Uh, so my prediction here. I think that's his first away win that season. Yeah, I don't think he goes defeated going away. So I see him, I see him coming out. We get some good stats up, take the win, and go home. I, I'm right there with you guys. I, I think that uh, I think Chris Kleiman at Kansas State's a good fit. I think he's going to kind of run his program similar to Bill Snyder, but I think it's going to take a couple years, and I think Kansas State could be down at the bottom right there with Kansas, as Stephen said. So I'll give it a win as well, putting me at six and four, four and three in my prediction. Stephen and Bradley both at five and five, three and four, and um, next game. The penultimate game of the 2019 season, West Virginia at home against Oklahoma State on Saturday, November 23rd. Oklahoma State returns 12 starters, 7 on offense, 5 on defense. 
Head coach Mike Gundy's entering his 15th season. They were seven and six and three and six in conference play last season. Um, what are you guys thinking here against Mike Gundy? West Virginia get some revenge for that loss late last last season to the Cowboys, or what do you guys think? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Mike Gundy is going to have one heck of a team in, uh, at Oklahoma State this year. I think coming off the Kansas State win, coming back home, West Virginia is going to be jacked up. And I have West Virginia winning this game. Oh, as, Like you said earlier, as a revenge factor from last year, I think this is going to be um, – this is my pick for the uh, the upset win for Neil Brown to make his case. I, I like that pick. I like it at the end of the season, the senior night. Uh, a lot of guys are going to be up, you know, big, you know, pumped up and ready to go. So I'm picking WVU, man. I like it. Okay, okay. I can see it. I I like it. I like the upset pick. Um, I'm going to have to go ahead and say that I think that West Virginia won't be able to handle Oklahoma State in this game. I think, you know, that young secondary West Virginia has, yes, they'll have a lot of experience by then, but I don't think they'll be able to handle Tylen Wallace. And uh, the freshman and quarterback at Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders, I think he's going to be very good. Still got Tuba Hubbard, one of the best running backs in the Big 12, so I think their offense will be just a little bit too much for the Mountaineers to handle. And I've got West Virginia taking the loss to Oklahoma State in the final home game of the season. Um, what about you, Bradley? I'm gonna. I'm actually really curious to see. This should be, you know, senior night. I want to see if Neil Brown does something special for the seniors that night. You know, if he can really get that atmosphere up, he can get a bop in. You know, maybe we see a crazy, crazy at home win. Um, I just don't know if we win this one. I think it's gonna be a good game. I'd like to see if we stick in it. I wouldn't be surprised if Neil Brown pulled off some magic, but I, I already gave him enough luck with my Texas win earlier. I think I think we lose this one at Oklahoma State. All right. So, me and Bradley have that as losses. Steven has that as a win, bringing Bradley's season record to five and six, three and five in the conference. Steven sitting at six and five, four and four in the conference, and me as well sitting at six and five, four and four in the conference. Heading into the final game of the season on the road against TCU Horn Frogs on Black Friday, November 29th. TCU returns 12 starters, seven on offense, five on defense. Gary Patterson entering his 20th season with the program, and they were seven and six and four and five last season. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on TCU and this uh, matchup for West Virginia to end the season on the road? I think I think Neil Brown snags a second away win of the season. I think he makes it gets a good win over Patterson team away. I think it makes a staple gets a bowl eligible. I think it's just going to be an iconic win. I really do. I think it's going to be something to build on and show his kids. You know, even towards the end of the season, you know, we're fighting for something. We're not just you know okay with being out of a bowl season. You know, we're, we're fighting for one of those. So I expect us to win that one. And uh, let's go bowling, boys. I like it, Stephen. What do you got? I agree with you, man. I got them winning that game too. I think they don't lose steam, but you know, I got them winning three straight. I don't think they stop. They go four. I think that's a hot way to end that season, man. If you end that season on a four-game win streak after a four-game losing streak, like I've got them doing, yep, that's a statement, man. That's that's Neil Brown's first season, and he's doing that at WVU. That's that's pretty special. That's a that's a big big time bounce back, and you want to end the season on that type of momentum unfortunately i'm gonna have to go the opposite way gentlemen 
and have West Virginia losing their final two games of the season as I've got them falling to TCU. I think TCU is a underdog this season that's being heavily overlooked in the conference. I think if you look at Gary Patterson over the years, every time he's had a down year, you know, a six or seven win season, the next year he comes back with 10 or 11 wins. So I think this TCU team is going to be very good. They're going to bounce back on defense, and they have, in my opinion, possibly the best player in the conference in Jalen Rager at wide receiver. So I think their offense will be a little bit too much for West Virginia to handle. So I've got the Mountaineers falling. But despite that, we do all finish with the uh, same prediction-wise, all having the Mountaineers at 6-6 six and six overall and 4-5 and five in the Big 12 Conference. And boy, did we all have different ways to get there. I was about to say, oh, yeah. many, the paths we take, because uh, they were all very different, but all ultimately with the same result at the end, and uh, we all have the Mountaineers Somebody's going bold. Right. I feel like that covers about all scenarios. <laughs> I was about to say, if, it's, if, it's, right. if it's close, well, we're yeah. all close, so that's, that's a plus. The one good thing is we all agree we're going to have, you know, we each expect the team to get a team, you know a win we shouldn't get. You know we're going to lose some games down the stretch. We're going to lose the games we're supposed to. We're going to lose maybe a few games we're not supposed to. Uh, but yeah, I think overall. Yeah, I think the, I think the WNLs. I, I kind of feel fine with what, however they land. Like I said, this season I'm really looking for. You know, what's the mentality like? Like, what are we? How's this foundation going? You know, I, I want to know. Is everybody bought in? Are we ready to ride? Been saying the same thing all offseason, man. I don't, I don't look at wins. And, this for the first time in a long time. I'm not, I, I'm not concerned for, for the wins and loss column. I feel like just see how Neil Brown does in his first. See how he handles things. See how his team reacts to things. I think so far this offseason, you see the culture's changed night and day from what Dana had. It doesn't mean absolutely. No, definitely, definitely. Absolutely. I think very positive. I think we get to this bowl game, and I think Neil Brown's hungry for it, and I think we win that bowl game. I think that's what I was. That's what my that's next question was going to be. We're all got six and six, so I mean, a bowl win is what we really need. You know, it seems like under Dana, whenever West Virginia got to a bowl game outside of the Orange Bowl in his first season, it was a struggle in every bowl in every bowl game. So you know, just even if this team can get to six and six and win a bowl, I think that's big for the fan base. Yeah, I think if Neil Brown can get us, if Neil Brown can get us to a bowl, then he's gonna. I think it was the Big Twelve, and if he wins a bowl game, I mean that's first year program, first head like first year's head coach in the Big Twelve. Like, oof. Oof. Yeah, oh yeah, I agree with you guys. I think we win the bowl game. I think we do. I think we get there, we win the bowl seven game, and, and six. Is a hell of a mark. Year, you end the way on that kind of note. You go into next year with everyone you have returning on offense and defense. You have all that loaded power plus all the depth you'll have. I, I think I think next year and in coming years will be the most exciting years of WB football since the mid two thousands. I, I could see that hundred percent. I think that Neil Brown has yeah, he, he has a plan. You know he's. He's building this thing up, but he has a plan. You know, he's not just doing it without eyes on the future. He's he's has a plan, and I think that, you know, if you look at what he did at Troy, he had them, you know, by his second season, you know, nine, ten, I mean, ten wins. So, you know, I don't know if he'll have West Virginia at ten wins in their second season, but I could definitely see it by the third and, you know, maybe by the second even. Yeah. You don't, I mean, you know, it's just hard to tell, especially if they end up going six and six, as we predict, and winning the bowl game and getting seven wins in his first season. In my opinion, that's, that's overachieving. You know, West Virginia's only returning – seven starters three on offense four on defense so you know compared to everyone else in the big 12 the only team that is near that is texas as they return eight so i think that you're definitely overachieving if you can finish you know near the top five of the conference you know finish sixth possibly at six and six and go to a bowl game you're overachieving oh, I, 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 
just, I was just going to say, I actually, if they get the five, if they win five games or more, in my mind, that is a success for WVU this season. Absolutely. Andrew Moore? I think, I think. That's what I've got. And, you know, I'm actually okay with the lack of inexperience that we had on the board because it's almost like even if we have a fresh, brand-new team, you know, you're not trying to have to beat all that engravement out of a bunch of two-year starters, you know what I mean? You've got a bunch of fresh players who, you know, this is their first time playing in Big 12, you know, this is their first time getting starting reps. It might not be as hard for them to jump over to this new system, you know? They have a lot better chance just to grab it and run with it than trying to break all their bad habits that they already had. Yeah, I don't want to say that they got rid of um... – I don't want to say cancers, but, you know, with all the safety issues that we've had and all the transfer portals and everything like that, and not even on that side of the ball, you know, not sitting on offense and everything, those are guys that were very talented players. But I'm going to miss them, but next man up, yeah. Next man up, but they didn't fit the culture. As much as that is. I I still think Kenny Robinson will be an All-American wherever he goes. That kid is an amazing football player. Oh, no doubt. That's not what what I'm saying at all. Just shout out Kenny Robinson if you listen to this. I doubt you are, but, you know. (laughs) So, you know, a lot of fans (laughs) want to make the comparison between Neil Brown and Dabo Swinney. I like the comparison. I don't shy away from it. What what did Dabo Swinney do in his first season at, at Clemson? Y'all remember? I mean, my favorite game of his is when he lost seventy to what was it, seventy to forty three? Yeah, it was seventy thirty three. It was very embarrassing. So, Clemson fan base wanted him gone. Yeah, that's true. Because he we won't do that. I think Mountain Nation had to rebuild that program and he had to get it back up to where it is now. And he knew where he was going. And I think that Neil Brown, like Debo Sweeney, has done a lot of um, you know soul searching or whatever you want to call it. I think that he's studied from the the best coaches in the game, and I think he's picked up on a lot of good things, and it seems to be working because all these players, you know, he's, he's establishing a culture. I've seen out of the team in a while. Yeah, he's he's establishing a culture, and you know, I think that that's what you see with successful coaches. If somebody doesn't fit the culture, you know, they tell them it's best. You know, they go their separate ways. I mean, look, Bob Huggins, he's done it with the basketball team on a couple of occasions. You know, had to clear yeah, the house, and the team comes back just stronger. Building up that basketball team. Exactly, and it's it's all about getting players that fit your culture and that you can you know mold. So I mean, I agree that the inexperience isn't necessarily a bad thing. Future wise, this season they're going to take their lumps. I think playing a lot of freshmen and younger players, but in the future that's going to pay off because you got those guys molded to your culture and your style of play. Oh yeah, but I think I'm impressed with how much I think that these kids have bought on. You know what I mean? Like I feel like they've truly bought into it. I feel like I've been able to see that. So. You know, I feel good saying that, you know. I think he's – I expect a lot from this team just because I think they built the culture around expectations. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, being you being close to the school, you know, you see it firsthand. Yep, definitely. Yeah, I can't wait to oh. – can't wait to be in Morgantown, brother. It's going to be fun. I'm actually doing a mock dinner yes. for them Friday. I'm going to – Oh, okay, yeah. Put in a good word for uh, Coach Brown. Tell him to check out the Country Roads webcast. I'm sorry. I've been trying to talk my bosses into letting me work the coach's table. (laughs) That's what we need. (laughs) All right, what are we going on to next? All right, let's uh, let's go to uh, some breakout players. Like we said, a lot of new guys taking over, you know. So, really, nobody's ineligible to be a breakout player. A lot of new faces. So, uh, let's talk some breakout players. Um, let's go three on defense first. Uh, we're going to go name three on defense, three on offense. Uh, we'll start off with defense. Um, who wants to kick it off? Okay, I, I, I'll, I'll kick it 
off. I mentioned him earlier. Earlier, I think when Vondarius Cowan comes back, I think that man's going to be a, a force to be reckoned with on the Big Twelve. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because uh, I think people are already going to be worrying about Dante Stills, Darius Stills. You know, are already dominant front line, and they're not going to see him coming when he comes in halfway through the season. They're all focused on their interior linemen. I think he starts putting some extra pressure on the outside. Yeah, I like that man. I actually uh, earlier today, you know, in my notes, I uh, you know, I had been Darius Cowan written down as my as one of my breakout players and uh you know then whenever the you know the suspension came down i just kind of scribbled it out and uh i kind of put yeah. taj Austin in that spot because I, I like what he that's a good throughout that's the a great that's a great one too everybody's been so high up on him throughout camp i think uh you know whenever they recruited him from juco he you know he me he initially wanted to come to wv before uh when Gibby was here and then you know for some reason, he didn't. Then he went on to Zuko, made a name for himself, and he, he told himself that if he ever got offered again by WB, he's going to come here. And then he came here and he can play, you know, play for a completely different coaching staff. Little bit Showing out the work of Oh, yeah, man. I, saying, I think he fits this new role. scheme better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that he loves the four two five better than what we were in a run with 3 3 five. Absolutely. As absolutely. well as everybody else on the WVU fan base. I can, I'm excited I can to see us not run the three three five. Yeah, uh, I don't think I think you speak for everyone when you it's, say that. It's been yeah. a long time coming, you know. I mean, it was traditionally the defense, you know, except for those couple years they got away from it. But you know, I think that it's, yeah, it's more than it's going to be a welcome change for sure to see something different. And I think that Vic Coning has a has a good style because he's not really one set defense. It can look like a three three five. It can look like a four two five. It can look like a four one six. I mean, the way that he moves the guys around is really going to cause confusion. and It could be good in the Big Twelve. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I love Gibby. I love that man. I love, oh, yeah. I love the way he coaches his defenses. But the three three five is is never ever going to work with the, you know the offenses that we play in the Big Twelve Conference. It's just I'm not. also a big big fan of Vic Koenig. I think that man's got got the right sense about him. Absolutely. Uh, I, I yeah, Jordan. There's a, a coach that I don't like on the staff. Oh, definitely. They're all doing wonderful. Jordan, who do you got? Um, I'll I'll name uh, I'll name one. Y'all named one. Uh, Josh Chandler for me. I think Josh Chandler's going to have a breakout yeah, season at that weak side linebacker. I'm, I'm telling you, I've, I've, you keep hearing rave reviews on Josh Chandler, you know, and he, he was expecting, you know, he's playing that weak side linebacker spot. David Long played. He was expecting, you know, maybe it to take a while for him to find somebody, but it seemed like right away from spring, Josh Chandler stepped into that role, took it over, and you're, you're not hearing, you know, too much to say except for they're just saying the defenses are going to have to find him and then by the end of the season he's going to be a player that people know and opposing offenses know. So I feel like he's going to be a playmaker for this defense and definitely a breakout player. Yeah, I think kind of a little bit of slack off of uh, Bandarius Scotland too, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what else What else yeah. you got, Bradley? Um, next on here, I have Dylan Toncree. Okay. Uh, I like him at the linebacker spot. I think he's uh, – I think he's going to fill that role well. I think that our defensive linemen up front are going to be so good that it's going to open up our linebackers, and they're really going to be able to shine this year. Even if they may not, you know, be star players just yet, they're really going to shine just because of the position they're going to be put in with their dominant front line. Absolutely. I can, yeah. He's solid. If he, you know, his health, staying healthy has been his only concern because whenever he's been on the field, he's been a, been a good middle linebacker, very solid. Definitely has. Yeah, I really like that video. I actually have a uh, Darius Qualls. Okay, yeah, me too. That's my third. I've got him going uh, going lights out this year. I think he's got a lot, you know, built up in the tank. Everybody's been high up on him through camp. I, I like I like to see him go off this year. Yeah, Definitely. I think so too. Like I said, 
I think a lot of that has to do with our defensive linemen. I think it's going to allow the rest of our defense to shine around it. It's going to be, it's going to work out well for us. Absolutely. Yeah, you know. you said, I think our defensive linemen is going to shine this year. I do I think too. That, you know, I do too. That's going to be the strongest suit of the whole entire team, if not the running backs on offense. But I think they make the whole entire team around them better. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. scheme really is good for these defensive line washers he has, and I think it's going to allow the linebackers, you know, some freedom as well. And, you know, that band of position that Qualls is playing, I think he's ideal fit for that position, kind of a stand-up like pass rusher. The time he got. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's, he's, he's extremely quick off the line. I think that he could be a good pass rusher for West Virginia. You know, especially if you get him down and get him coming off one side and Taj Austin coming off the other side, that's going to be tough right there. The Steels brothers in the middle, I mean. West Virginia's defensive line and, and linebackers, frankly, are, are fairly solid. Definitely. And for the most part, they're just thin. That's that's the, you know, the, yeah, that's it. the only thing about this team, man, as good as we are, some of the players are some of the players are we just, we're so thin, man. If you get one player hurt, which we always do throughout the, you know, that, that stretch of the season, that middle stretch of the season is what gets WVU every single year. I'm oh, hoping yeah. that this all coaching staff will kind of help with that. I'd <laughs> me too. Uh, so, you know, I don't think that may have been a coaching staff. I, I, I do too. I think. I mean, come on. We got a lot of linebackers get hurt real quick. There's we yeah. Did. There's and something with that. Something has to be wrong there. Yeah, there's yeah. got to be something up there. Yeah. That, that was happening way too frequently. Oh yeah. So uh, I think that it does happen. I think with like I think you're correct about that. I think nobody corrects that. Not this year. He's got to have a year or two to get. Yeah, or, or JUCO sophomore, or you know, transfer. It's it's a lot of inexperience. Yep, definitely. All right, so my other two guys on defense were Taj Austin and Vandarius Cowan. Uh, kind of already covered them. So, um, anybody else have anyone different that we haven't talked about? What's going on, man? Dante Steele's written here. I don't, you know, okay, yeah, that's yeah, Dante's, yeah, that's high potential. Might be the best player on the team. Oh, yeah. Overall. I, 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 I think Kennedy McCoy on offense is the best player on the team. I think. I mean, Dante Steele's is looking this good. He's going up again. Who are they got running? Josh Steele's? Josh Steele's, yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That, that guy might be a Big 12 pick, if not an All-America pick. You know what I mean? Probably not. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, yeah. that's and he's, and he's only a sophomore, so he's going to be dominating <laughs> for a couple that's years. That's what I'm I mean. saying. As good as these players are, guys, yeah, he's we've got pitch. room to grow. We've got time. Yeah. I've always told myself, underneath the right coach, they would soar it and look at, look at what we got. Exactly. I agree. All right, let's get on to the offensive players. Let's go offense. Let's go Three breakout players for offense. Uh, Steven, you want to tell us one of yours to kick it off? Uh, I'm going to start off with the biggest one on my list. I got John Shields, man, moving the center from guard. I think that is a okay. love. Uh, yeah, man, I love that move. Uh, I think I love it when they move Dan Moses over from guard to center. I think it shows what kind of tough toughness that those linemen have in them, you know what I mean? Uh, Absolutely. I think along with uh, Colton McKivitz, those two are studs. So I've got him as my top one on the list. Right there. Yeah. I got another lineman in there too, Mike Brown. I think Mike Brown's going to have a good season. I love that pick. I think that kid, Great. I mean, he is just going to absolutely show off this year. And I think he's going to be a personality for our team to build around. I think you're going to see a lot of videos of him doing some funky stuff, you know? 
Absolutely. So, yeah, Coach Neil Brown in the press conference yesterday was super high up on Mike Brown. That's all he talked about. And that's and that's crazy. You know, that guy, I mean, he's a huge guy. You would think he'd be good. But, I mean, the guy didn't even play football in high school until, you know, went to JUCO and played. So, it's really a crazy yeah. story that he's ended up, you know, going to be starting D1 football, one of the toughest conferences in D1, and starting at the offensive line, you know, only been playing football a few years. So, definitely could be a breakout star. Oh, my number one, of course, is Sam James at the wide receiver position. Oh, of course, you got to get that Sam James. Oh, man, you got to get that <laughs> Sam James in. You know I love Sam James. I I think that he's really going to break out this season. Redshirt freshman, I think he's going to be a star for a few years over West Virginia. You know, you heard Neil Brown say in his press conference that, you know, West Virginia for the past 10, 15 years has had a solid receiver to have a great careers. And he said he thinks Neil Brown, I mean, excuse, or Sam James, sorry, could be that next guy in line to do that. He's really high on Sam James, really hard on him. And I think Sam James, you know, state track champion in Georgia, has burners. I think that he can take the top off of any defense. And I think that he's more than just a deep route runner, even though you'll see him probably do that a lot this season. I think that he's really working to becoming a fully rounded receiver and really an impact player, not only on, not only on West Virginia's team, but across the Big 12 Conference. And I think you'll see that happen this year. You're definitely right. Yeah, I like that pick. I, I think um, from my, I, I've got um, Sean Ryan written down here. Okay. I've got Sean Ryan I also. Believe, I, I don't believe that he's going to be eligible, so I've got a star beside his name. I think in place of him, I choose George Campbell. I like that. I yeah, like that's, that's that receiver solid. from the Florida State transfer. Uh, I think he's got great size. I think they've been really high up on him as well throughout camp, especially as of lately. They, uh, they've been talking really highly of him. I think that he is a big gift for West Virginia transport. Yeah, I think having them, either one of those two is kind of inter- interchangeable because like you, I have Sean Ryan. You know, Sean Ryan's been running with the first team. He's been getting a lot of praise. But if Sean Ryan's not eligible, then that spot's going to go to George Campbell. So George Campbell could also be a breakout there. But I think Sean Ryan, if he does get eligible over these last 10 days, and fingers crossed that he does, he's going to be the other guy on the outside, him and Sam James as the two starting receivers for the Mountaineers. What's kind of funny is my, my two other breakout players that I've got here are actually both wide receivers, too. I've got Tevin Bush and T.J. Simmons. Okay. I really think that we're going to see Tevin Bush take a, a, a more of a more of a role in an offense. Cause I mean, that boy's quick. He's got some lateral speed. I think Neil Brown's going to try to utilize some of this quick, quick little – and Neil Brown's been keeping a lot of people close to the vest, and I haven't heard anything about Tevin Bush this year, but I really think that they're going to try to get him the ball, you know, out there in those quick little uh, slant routes. And I also think TJ Simmons has just been a natural mountaineer. I really do. He's a leader. I know he got that, uh, that that blocking penalty that he got against Oklahoma, but, hell, I can't be, be too bad at a band that, you yeah. know, they could do to the bus, you know. I think the blocking penalty was – Partly due to coaching, because if you think back in that same game, uh, you know we got a pass interference call on David Seals when we could have went up twenty-one to fourteen. Yep, absolutely. You know, and that that negated that changed the whole tempo of the whole entire game. So I think a lot of those things are probably due to coaching. How about you guys? I'm glad to be rid of that. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, coaching mishaps that I think. You know, maybe being blinded, having golden blue glasses on. Uh, you know, I was always a big fan, fan of Dan, but I think a lot of his blunders were kind of overlooked, or at least were by me looking back on it now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think me and you, Jordan, both, we were really high up on Dana, you know, throughout the whole entire season last year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, 
And don't get me wrong, I think I, I think I think he's a good like I think he's a good football coach. I think he'll have success at Houston probably. But I think I you're still gonna Houston see Yeah, but I think you're still gonna see those blunders, you know, those timeout mismanagements, those coaching errors oh, yeah. getting beaten by Gosh, better coaching. Yes. I think he'll be I think he's a good coach, but I still think that and you know, unless he gets down to those minor details, you know, I think that he'll still have those same issues, penalties, special teams, you know, all of that. positions on us and that's Alex Seafield. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got Seafield as well. Rips out of the slot. Oh yeah, man, I love that. I think that they said that his he's got great hands. I think with his ability to catch the ball and move with his quickness, that boy's gonna go off this year. Yeah. I think you know he's gonna have to because you can't share the load between Letty Kennedy, Martell, and Alex. You've got to have you know if Alex's gonna play it's gonna be somewhere else and I think he goes off this year. I like what he did last year. Uh, so I, will, I think that's, I'm, I'm with you. Just just get him on the field, however you can, so he can get the ball. He's got that quickness and that shiftiness that I think you know. Out of the four running backs, he's the one that you got that can make somebody miss and take it 80 yards. He's got the tools. He can because Kennedy McCoy's a guy that can do it all. You know, just like Sinkfield, he's good with his hands too. They can push him out in the slot, run plays oh, for him from there. Sure. You know, everywhere. Yeah, and especially if Colton McKibbins and Josh Hills do their job up front and do as well as I expect them to do, yeah, hey, you're gonna have some time. That's and, gonna be fun, man. And you know, Letty Brown, you know, he's still coming on. He's gonna be tough. Petaway, I think, is very underrated. I love Petaway. Oh, I think if West Virginia's offensive line is, you know, not even great, if they're just good, if they're serviceable, West Virginia's they're run game could be big. It could be big. Yeah. All right. So let's move. Let's talk about some uh, questions yeah, for the offense and for the defense. Minutes. We are rolling, boys. <laughs> we are. We're, we're deep into it now. <laughs> yeah, good comments, if you guys are still listening, you know. Of course. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about some uh, questions throughout the offense and defense. Uh, let's kick it off with quarterback. Um, as we all know now, Austin Kendall named the starting quarterback for the Mountaineers. So the question is, will he pass for over 3,000 yards this season? Yes or no, and why do you think so, uh, Stephen? No. We, we're, like I said, very thin at the wide receiver position. Uh, you got too many, too many eligibility issues throughout there. I don't think we reached three thousand. I, I think uh, this year our our bulk of it's going to be made on the uh, the run game. Right on. I I agree with you. I think not that he doesn't have the talent, and we don't have some you know talent waiting in the wings of receiver. But as right. you said, I think we rely too much on the run game to have a guy throw for over three thousand yards. Uh, what do you say, Bradley? You know, I'm going to say it's not impossible. And the reason I'm going to say that is because I think our running game is going to be so good that it's really going to open up the airways for us a lot more than I think it, like a lot of people would That's expect true. it to. That's true. So, you know, in the Big 12, you know, you never – you could have breakout plays, you know. We might be in shootouts some games this year, you know, even though our defense is outstanding. You know, we got a weak secondary, so we might have to find ourselves in some shootouts. So, you know, I, I don't see us throwing for, you know, 300 yards per game, like, impossible. But, you know, I think if our run game is as good as it should be, then we might get some of those long bombs that get those yards up there pretty quick. I could see that. 
that. I could see that. All right, so we're talking about running backs. We know West Virginia has four talented ones, maybe even five if you count Tony Mathis, the true freshman. So the question is, will one of these guys rush for over 1,000 yards on the season? Yes or no? If so, who and why? Bradley. Uh, you know, I'm going to – I'm actually going to say no on this one. I don't, I don't think we're going to get a 1,000-yard rusher. And I know that sounds crazy was saying, you know, our running back core is the, is the best – probably the best position on our team. But, you know, we're going to be spreading the ball out, and I really do think that we're going to be getting a lot of touches in there just to keep guys fresh. So, you know, I see Kennedy McCoy maybe getting up to about 800, 900 yards like he did last year, being our main running back. But uh, I expect him to get more touches through the air, honestly. I expect to see our running backs take an expanded uh, expanded role and see their uh, actually receiving yards really jump up. So I'm expecting him to have, you know, a few hundred receiving yards to tack on to his uh, season. So. Stephen, you know, what do you like think? I, said, Bradley, I, I absolutely agree with you. I don't think they're going to get a thousand, or, uh, going to get a thousand yards. Um, just too many options, man. They're going to have to have fresh legs in there. They're going to have too many guys rotating in. Uh, I agree with you also on the fact that I think they're going to have around eight, nine hundred yards. Uh, like I said, Kennedy's going to have a good year, but. I'm with you guys. You know, I think with the four guys spreading it out, you won't see one go over a thousand. But I think the caveat is that collectively, you could see them go over two thousand collectively. You know, it's it's definitely possible. I definitely said it here that I expect you know two or three of them to have you know four hundred rushing yards. You know themselves. You know, just getting in there, getting forty yards a game, getting out. You know, absolutely, absolutely. And Alex Alex Singfield also could still play running back. Just because he's taking reps out of the slot doesn't mean they can't shift him back there and run the ball as well. I think I think he's the type of guy you just get him the ball any way you can, hand off. Yeah, yeah, that type of. That type of uh, that type of player, you know, like that's the, you just want to get him on the field. What I wouldn't give to have him back. You know? Oh my goodness! <laughs> that guy was already right football. Yeah, yeah he's okay. that's that's a once in a generation type thing. I don't think we'll ever see anybody like I think that again. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. Those numbers were crazy. All right, so let's flip over to the defense. Um, let's talk about who do you think is going to lead the team in tackles. Um, Bradley, what do you think? Uh, I think I'm going with Dylan Tucker here or Josh Chandler. I think it's going to go to one of those linebacker spots. Like I said, our defensive line is going to be so good this year that I think it's just going to really open up our linebackers. And I think they're getting those tackles because of the just the position that they're playing. You know what I mean? Linebackers are just more open to get – tackles, especially when they have a good defensive line. But I do expect to see our defensive line have boosted tackle numbers compared to the rest of the country. I really think that our defensive line is going to get out, uh, get after it, and I, I think they're going to have high tackle rates for defensive linemen this year. Absolutely. I, I agree uh, with you on the Josh Chandler pick as your secondary because that's who I have I as my leader. I think Josh Chandler is going to be a guy that's all over the field, you know, uh, kind of in a David Long type Role, if you will, you know, I don't know if he'll be as good as David Long long term, but I think he has the he has, yeah he has the potential to be, and I think that he'll start off right away with a bang in his first season starting leading the team in tackles. Um, what about you, Stephen? Who you got as a tackle leader this year? I actually agree with the other pick that Brad they had. I actually have Dylan Tonk really leading tackles this year. Uh, like what he said about you know those guys making way up front for those guys, it opens it up for those uh, linebackers to get through. Our defense is lined stout, man. That's a really, really strong point. So I'm looking for them to lead this team, especially with that four-man front. That's I expect them to be one of the best defensive lines in the country this year. I'm not going to lie. And I'm, not, I'm not just blowing smoke up out in their nation's, you know, first-gen cap. But oh, they'll be good. They'll they're, be good. No, I could, I could see that as well. They're, I they're loaded. That, yeah. They're loaded. 
So talking defensive line, then let's talk sacks. Um, who do you guys think is going to be the sack leader? And I'll kick this one off because I feel like I have the obvious answer here, and my answer is Taj Austin. I think he's going to be an impact guy coming off the edge. Obvious answer. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think you know. I, I think in the latest scrimmage. <laughs> well, I thought it was the obvious answer. I I figured one of you guys was going to take it, so I was like, I'm going to get it out first. But hey, hey, he, he, even better, even better then. It's not obvious. Yeah, that's that's true. It's right. not as, it's oh, yeah. not that obvious apparently. But you know, I I think that he's just gonna have a big year coming off the edge. They said he's a great pass rusher. I know he had four sacks in one scrimmage uh, against West Virginia's <laughs> offense. You know, during the fall camp, um, he said his goal was to lead the Big Twelve in sacks this year. So we'll see how he does with that. But to me, I think that he's gonna be a force. And I think I'm gonna go out on a limb. I know this might sound crazy, but I think he'll be the best pass rusher West Virginia's had since Bruce Irvin. I like it. They've made comparisons, man. I've heard that. I've heard that so far. I've heard that. All right. So, well, since that's not such an obvious pick, um, what are your guys' picks for the team leader in sacks? Uh, uh, I got. I know he's serving a four-game suspension, but I'm telling you, I'm high on Bondarius Cowan. I think his experience. I think he's going to come in. I think he's going to be ready to play. I, I hope so. You know, I've got high expectations on this kid. You know, I'm not worried if we got backups. I just think he could really be something special if he gets out there. I also think Dante Steele's is a lineman. Again, I just think that kid's an absolute monster, and I think he's going to have uh, sacks up there just from that quick, you know, off the line, blowing past the center, eating up quarterback real quick, you know. Yeah, they got that to throw. My pick right there, Dante Steele's, brother. That's my pick. Got West Virginia blood, baby. Yeah, I think he's going to go off this year. I think after the year he had last year, he's chomping at the pit to get back in there this year. You know, with the whole I think we'll see more of Darius Stills, too. I think his brother will get a lot of more, uh, lot more shine this year. I think he's yeah, going to work brothers both, man. Yeah, I like I, I like the Van Darius Cowan pick, though, too. I like. I don't think that he will, he's going to leave the, the team in sacks only for the sheer fact of the four-game suspension. You know, yeah, that four games is a lot of, you know, that's a – Lot out of the season there at the first part. Maybe I'll take it sacks per game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, there, you sacks go. Per, yeah, there you go. Sacks <laughs> per There you go. He'll lead it in the, in the games when he comes back. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> All right, so let's, we talked a little bit about defensive backs earlier. West Virginia, a little inexperienced, a lot of freshmen there, but they do have a few seniors there in Hakeem Bailey, Josh Norwood now at safety, and Keith Washington. So that being said, talking to these defensive backs, who do you guys think leads the team in, in interceptions this season when it's all said and done? Okay, real quick, you just talked about I have I have always had an issue with Hakeem Bailey. I don't think he's ever been that like that that great. Mm-hmm. He's just I feel like he lacks on coverage sometimes, and he lets a lot of big plays over top of his head. I agree. But sometimes he really shines, and so you know that kid. I don't see him stepping up for us, but I I want to see him have a better year, maybe underneath this new defensive set, because I think he has talent. I just don't think he was getting used right and. Tony Gibson's defense. Absolutely. So I, I'm expecting Hakeem Bailey to step up more this year, you know, and make me not cringe so much when I'm watching him play. But other than that, I think Josh Norwood's going to lead us in interceptions. I think that man's going to come out and really take this safety real seriously and get a little get a, get a few uh, interceptions in there this season. You know, it's interesting that you said that though, because I, you know, last year I was very critical of Josh Norwood in the very few, in the first few games of the season. I remember. And then Jordan talked about it a few times. Yeah, he definitely had some blushes in there. I didn't like the way he played. He proved me wrong in the second half of the season. I like the way he played. Uh, I'm not – I'm flip-flopping yours. I, I've got a King Bailey. I think that, like you said, the system that they played in last year wasn't really a good fit for him. 
I think he was also very young. He didn't know the system that well. Um, I, I, I look for him to go off this year, man. I, I had Chase Washington, I also think, will do really well this year. But he's battled a little bit of an injury this year. So... I, I'll, I'll look for King Baylor to be a bright spot in the secondary. I think those are both good picks. I could see either one. I think Norwood's a better fit for the safety position than the corner. I think Akeem Bailey, you've heard the past two seasons, the coaches rave about him in practice. So I think the talent's definitely there. He just kind of has yet to fully reach that potential. So I think it's a possibility. But I'm going with the other senior you guys mentioned, Keith Washington. I know he's been battling the injury, but I feel like he's the biggest corner West Virginia has, and he was the most impressive to me last season. You know, he took that starting role in the Texas Tech game, never let it go from there, covered the team's number one receiver in a lot of games and did a good job most of the time for the uh, Big 12 Conference, even sealed the deal with the uh, pick six to win the game against Texas Tech. And I really like Keith Washington. He's also supposedly going to be returning kicks this year, so I think that he's got a chance to have a breakout year all around, and I got him leading the team in the interceptions. If he can fight the injury bug, he could be like a second team. I think so. I think so too. Absolutely. So, I've right, talked a little West Virginia. Let's talk a little bit about the Big Twelve Conference now. Um, let's talk about the Big Twelve Championship game. Uh, what two teams do you guys have ultimately playing in the conference championship game for the Big Twelve? Uh, Stephen, why don't you take this one first? Uh, well, I mentioned it earlier. I've got Oklahoma and Texas. I've got Texas winning that game. Uh, I like Jalen Hurts, man. I do. I like the transfer. I think I'm even going to go with a bold prediction and say he wins the third straight Heisman. I, I, think, I love what, I I love what he it. did at Alabama. I love what he did when he came back at Alabama and won that national champ- championship for them. Uh, you know, and got you know all the fan base on his side in that affair. Uh, but I, I don't think I, I I believe in Texas this year, man. As much as I hate it as a WVU fan, as a college football fan, I. I I'll look for Texas to do big things. Whether whether Texas makes the playoff with that win or not, I don't know. I'm not going to call that right now. I don't know if they're that good. But but I do think that they win the Big 12 championship this year. All right, Bradley, what about you? Uh, of course, I've got Texas and Oklahoma in the, in the Big 12 championship this year. I think those are just the two best teams in the Big 12. I mean, I, I really think Sam Ellinger is something special, but I think that their lack on defense this year, they're really going to be missing a lot. I think uh, I think OU still wins that one, and I think Jalen Hurts goes on to get another high spend for Oklahoma. I think that kid has a chance, and I would like to see him, you know, get a nice redemption story, you know, go somewhere really shine out, you know, after he did so much for, you know, Alabama. All right. Yeah, I think I, and what a, what a story that would be, you know? I mean, oh yeah, absolutely. Three straight transfer quarterbacks come in for you and win Heisman's under two different coaches, don't they? And, and yeah, exactly. That's what I said. And you know, it it's possible too. That the thing is, because you know, people thought they'd take a step back last year with Kyler Murray taking over, and their offense was even better than it was the year when they had Baker Mayfield. So people were saying Hurts isn't as good of a passer, but you heard this same song and dance last year before the season about Kyler Murray. Oh, yeah, I, I'm I just, think they're better than what they were at this point. This is sorry about that, but I, I think they're better at this point to the you know in the off season as they were than last year. I remember last year looking at Colin Murray and I'm like, that's their quarterback. Oh yeah, that that little kid running around on the field <laughs> is their quarterback. Yeah, wouldn't it be crazy if you know Oklahoma had four quarterbacks there? They got four Heisman's, you know. Exactly. Man, and then you see him running personally, and you're like, my gosh, like you know. If you thought Tavon Austin was good, you gotta watch this guy play. He's quick, one of the quickest players I've ever watched, and that's that's up right up there with my uh, Michael Vick, Pat White. I think he's that type of fast. 
Oh man, I think I think he's gonna do great in the NFL. I know a lot of people are critical of him right now, but uh, yeah, I actually got him on my fantasy team this year, man. As much as I hate to admit it, I don't, I, I don't blame you. Big Twelve is, a, is the conference to be in right now. I think that you know Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield, these Big Twelve quarterbacks, are showing off in the NFL. Are showing you know the Big Twelve. If you want to be successful in the NFL as a quarterback, you know you need you need to come to the Big Twelve. Right. Oh, and even, uh, you know, even though Will Greer's facing this bug, you know, he's throwing interceptions now. He that will get corrected. That's he's having some I growing pains. I mean, you still look at the two hottest names in the NFL right now. That's Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes. You know what I mean? Like, those, those are the two. And Absolutely. Came from the Big 12. And you know who wants to get practice in, you know, playing against NFL-style quarterbacks? NFL-style defensive players. You know what I mean? True that. Big 12 is yeah, a place to be. It kids, is. Kids, kids want to be here. It is. Big 12's, Big 12's underrated as a conference, but as far as the conference championship game, I guess I'm the only one going out on a limb because I've got Oklahoma versus TCU in the Big 12 championship game. I think TCU. TCU. I'm telling I think. I'm telling you, it's a hot take. It's a bold It's a bold statement, but listen. I think that Gary Patterson. I think that Gary Patterson's going to have TCU bounce back. As I said earlier, if he comes off a six or seven win season, he comes back with 10 or 11 wins. He's done it consistently throughout his 20 seasons there. I think he does it again. Last year, six wins. I think he's got the best receiver in the conference in Jalen Rager. I think he'll have that defense ready to go. Gary Patterson, one of the best defensive coaches in the country. You know, they've got a little bit of a quarterback battle going on, but I think whoever wins it, they'll be just fine on offense. And I think TCU is one of the biggest overlooked teams in the Big 12. I've got them going to the uh, Big 12 championship game to play Oklahoma. And, of course, I have Oklahoma winning it because how can you pick anyone else at this point as far as this run's going? You know, you've got to kind of pick Oklahoma. But I think TCU's an underdog. I think TCU and Oklahoma State are the biggest underdogs to me, and I might throw Baylor in there as well. But I think that any, I think that any one of those teams – Plus, Iowa State and Texas could beat Oklahoma. And so I think that Oklahoma, I think that Oklahoma wins the Big 12, but I don't see a Big 12 team in the playoff this year because I think the conference champion will have two losses. I agree hot, with that. hot takes. Some, I like it, man. Some hot takes. I'm going out on a limb here, but I'm, I just, I'm not sold on – I know everyone's got Texas, but I'm just – I'm not sold on Texas. I, I, I'm not sold on it. These people, you know, this is content. People eat it up. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. You are, if it happens, if it happens, I look like a guru now. Oh, my gosh. I'll give you $20. I'll take that. I'll take that. Texas at home. There you go. There you go. I love it, man. We got some bold takes. All right, so we've talked West Virginia's schedule. We've talked players. We've talked a little Big 12. Um, Talked about it all. We've covered about everything. So uh, let's close it off with our final thoughts. Just kind of what kind of lens will you guys be looking at this season through? What to you will make this season a success? I know we all said six and six as a record prediction, but not necessarily number of wins. Just what do you want to see that in your eyes will deem the 2019 season a successful one for West Virginia? You know, I think I said it earlier. I think I want to see how these kids play. You know, I want to see if it's mountaineer mentality. If you know, if I'm trusting the climb, I want to see if these kids are trusting the climb too. You know what I mean? I think they are. You know, I look at these kids like Ali Jennings, Garrett Green, and I think our future is bright. So you know, I just want to see that these kids are buying into Daniel Brown as much as I am. But so that's what I'm really going to be looking for for a win this season. Absolutely. What do you got, yeah. Stephen? 
I, I like that. I, I think that um, in order for my, in order for this season to be a success for me, I, I would just like for the culture to still be there at the end of the season. You know, we're all amped up. We got a new coach, got a new coaching staff, got all these guys you know, ready to go, and all the you know student culture ready to go. What's it gonna be like by game seven? What's it gonna be like by game ten? What's you know what I mean? What happens when we score five in a row? Yeah. Exactly. What's gonna happen to the everybody's loyalty once they see that we're not gonna go undefeated like everybody always expects us to go? To? So I'm telling you, Morgantown's gonna be hyped this year. Got voted the sexiest town in America. Got voted number one party <laughs> school on Barstool. You know, these freshmen are ready to party. If we win some games, they're all about it. Oh, I can't wait to be up there, brother. Oh yeah, wait yeah, to be up. up. We'll, we'll have some fun. There you oh, go. Absolutely. But also one more thing, one more thing. Yeah. One more thing that I have on this list on both. And make it this success. Do not let OU embarrass you. Hey, absolutely. <laughs> that's that's a big one. That's a big one. Keep it very, close. Very big key component of this year's team. Don't let Oklahoma embarrass you. I'm all about it. I think Austin Kendall doesn't let that happen. I feel like that could be the motto for like the nine other right. teams in the I, conference. I believe that's the X factor in this for you guys. I, I like Austin Kendall, man. I've liked him all through camp, but I'll say that. We haven't talked about Austin Kendall, and I'll let you guys go. No, absolutely. I think Austin Kendall was always the best guy for the job, and I always think he's Neil Brown knew that because two weeks after Neil Brown got here, who, who came to Morgan Town? Boom, Austin, Austin Kendall. Austin Kendall. Okay. What did he do in his interview when he was, you know, trying to get to WVU? He tried to make. You know, he pitched what could make Jack Allison better. Exactly. And I think that, to me, is Neil Brown doesn't trust Jack Allison. And I doesn't say that Jack Allison can't be a great quarterback. But I think Austin Kendall is the guy, has been the guy, and I think that he was in this quarterback battle more or less to earn that spot rather than win the 10A. I'm just going to hand it to you. Yeah, exactly. And I think right. I think that, you know, you heard in Neil Brown's press conference, he was asked about, you know, if multiple quarterbacks could play in the opener, and he wouldn't really comment on that. To me, I'm looking at that as I think they may have a type of package uh, drawn up for Trey Lowe, possibly. Do you guys think that's that's the thing that may happen? Oh, I can only hope so, brother. That's I love Trey Lowe as a quarterback. I don't think he's fully there yet. I think he understands the system, but I don't think that his decision. I'd be okay if they put him in. I'd be okay if they put him in like the very first game and let him play the whole year. I mean, it is a rebuilding year, so I, well, I could see it. I mean, I could see it, you know, but I th- that's the thing is you just got to kind of wonder, you know, Neil Brown's, I mean, Austin Kendall's named the starter, but what is Neil Brown's trust level with Austin Kendall? Is he going to be a type of season he's going to let him take his lumps and, you know, remain the starter? Or are we going to have musical chairs like that 2013 year, the 4-8 and eight year, you know, what's what's going to happen? Oh, man, I've been scared of that all season, all off season long. I don't, I don't see that happening. I, I don't either. Jordan, what are you looking forward to? I mean, what's a, what's a win for the season for you? I think for me, it's, you know, kind of a little bit of what you guys said, but for me, it's just steady improvement. You know, it's pro- it's progress. I want to see, does Austin Kendall look better in game 12 than he did in game one? Do the defensive backs look better in game 12 than they did in game one? And not even that, but it's just a improvement as far as, you know, putting up a fight. If you get down in the game, is this the type of team that's going to come back and call their way back into it and make it a ball game and, you know, win lose, lose close games? rather than get blown out. You know, I think those are the kind of intangible things you look for when you're going through a rebuilding year like this. Exactly. You know what team I like for this team to, to kind of imitate a little bit? What's that? You guys remember what, what the atmosphere was, you know, around the time that, you know, Pat White's freshman season, you know. That 2005 team, yeah. 
Yeah, Bednar got the job. You know, uh, as a second string quarterback. You know, yeah, what, people what forget happens. how White was in that quarterback battle before he got chosen. Yeah, exactly. what, what happens is if Bednar doesn't go down in the local game? Exactly. We you know, you never have know. That type of caliber season. That's the thing, and that was a team that a lot of people didn't know what they had going into the year either. So, you know, six and six, I think, is a pretty standard prediction for this West Virginia team, but we don't know what we're going to get. They could be way worse or could be way better. It's just a thing of us trusting the climb just as the uh, program is trying to. Definitely. Absolutely, man. All right. So having said that, I guess that's uh, that's pretty much it for us. Anybody got anything they want to add? No, man, I'm going to go in here and make me some dinner, you know, chill out for the rest of the night. <laughs> Absolutely. If you guys are still listening, follow, follow me on Twitter at BigBubbaB underscore Rad. You got Everybody's it. He's still there. You guys heard it. <laughs> Steven, what do you got to say? Anything? Oh, man, I just, I'm just excited about the season, man. I'm excited to get back in Morgantown. You know, Bradley, I know you're up there. So yep. Some of us got to travel a while to get up there. Oh, yeah. Get up there for the games. But uh, definitely excited for the season, man. Like I said, I'm excited to see what Dale Brown does. Excited for, for all that comes with it, man. Absolutely. It's a new era, yeah, and can't wait for it. So, uh, Bradley, Stephen, excited to have you guys back on next week for the James Madison preview. Until then, yeah. that's this yeah. has been the season prediction roundtable with the Almost Heaven Athletics guys and the On the Country Roads webcast. So there you have it, the 2019 edition of the Season Prediction Roundtable from a few members of the Almost Heaven Athletics team here on the Country Roads webcast. You heard our predictions for West Virginia's season. All three of us thinking they're going to go 6-6 six and six and 4-5 and five in the conference, although all have very different ways of the Mountaineers achieving that record, but still thinking along the same lines and do have the team going bowlingly at least, as well as um, some other superlatives, some breakout players who we think will lead in some statistical categories and a few Big 12 predictions. We've broke it all down here on this season prediction roundtable episode of the Country Roads webcast. And we will be back next week to preview the upcoming game, the season opener, and the beginning of the Neil Brown era as West Virginia prepares to take on James Madison. And we'll be bringing our preview of that game next week. But until then, this has been the Country Roads webcast brought to you by Trio 4 Productions. We are the official podcast of Almost Heaven Athletics, found on the web at almostheavenathletics.com. Like Almost Heaven Athletics on Facebook, follow them on Instagram, and follow them on Twitter. You can find Almost Heaven Athletics on Twitter at AHAthleticsWV. And as always, follow the podcast page on Twitter at WVU Country Roads. And if you want to hear us, you can hear us on any platform you like. Like us, subscribe to us and spread the word just search the country roads webcast we're on apple podcast google podcast spotify stitcher soundcloud pocketcast you name it you can find the country road webcast there just like us subscribe to us and most importantly share us around about near nation as we continue to try and grow the show and the brand here at the country roads webcast brought to you by trio four productions the official podcast of almost heaven athletics having said that As always, I'm your host, Jordan Cruz, and until next time, let's go Mountaineers!